welcome to the Tales of Osteopathy Students with me, Chelsea, and my good friend, V. How are you doing, V? Hello. We've got some fun times for you with A&P. Um, for those of you that can't see, which is all of you, V is basically doing cheerleading movements right now. Woo, woo. I'm, although I'm quite like a positive, happy person, I can't think of anything worse than being a cheerleader and being like, woo, yeah. I once yeah. was a cheerleader. What? <laughs> I can't imagine you doing that at all. For a very short period of time. Um, and but you don't like a lot of people. I know. Um, but the joy is that, I tell you what, mate, when I went to the tryouts for it, I literally couldn't even sit down afterwards. My legs were hurting that much. It is the biggest workout you'll ever yeah. fucking have. Well, they're fucking gymnasts, aren't they? Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And it was quite fun for a little bit. Yeah. But then uh, I just, you know, I decided not to. But it's because I was trying to find like more... Yeah. It's so easy for men to have sports, to just go and meet a bunch of yeah. people and do stuff together. It's not as easy for yeah. women unless you want to play netball, which yeah. they say is a non-contact sport, but they're full of shit. I've had so many netball injuries. <laughs> this is me. I fucking love any type of contact yeah. sport. And I accidentally, on many occasions, made hockey a contact sport, which is not meant to be. But this is why rugby is like the most beautiful game in the whole yeah. world. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. Not biased at all. But <laughs> Factual information. <whatever>. Yeah. <laughs> We're going on a massive tangent. Indeed. So anyway, V, what are we talking about? We're talking... So this is an A&P episode, just in case you clicked on this and you thought we were going to be talking about sports. We're not, <laughs> um, even though I would love to, but ours. We're talking about anatomy and physiology today. Mm. This is our little mini-series within that on the respiratory system. And today I'm going to be explaining gas exchange. Woo! <laughs> we know how to pay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might be asking... What the heck is gas exchange and why is it so important? Let me tell you. <laughs> the purpose of the respiratory system is to perform gas exchange. So pulmonary ventilation, which is the process of air moving into and out of the alveoli, which we spoke about before, the fun sort of anatomical bunches of grapes in your lungs. And this is where it starts the ball rolling. So at the respiratory membrane, which we mentioned in our last ANP episode, um, this is where the alveolar and capillary walls meet and gases move across those membranes with oxygen entering the bloodstream and carbon dioxide exiting the bloodstream into the alveoli to be exhaled. And it's through this mechanism that blood is oxygenated, which is super, super important for your just general life to exist <laughs> <laughs> just as a slight understatement and for carbon dioxide the waste product of cellular respiration to be removed from the body so pretty important so let's do a quick recap of the structure of the respiratory membrane so that we can keep in mind the importance of structure and function so extending from the alveolar airspace to blood plasma, the respiratory membrane consists of four layers. The first layer is made up of type 1 and type 2 alveolar cells, pneumocytes, which Chelsea beautifully described last episode, mm. so check that out. 
um, and they have associated alveolar macrophages which constitute the alveolar wall. Um, the second layer is the underlying of the alveolar wall and it's the epithelial basement membrane. Third layer is often fused to the epithelial basement membrane and it's the capillary basement membrane. And the fourth and final layer is the capillary endothelium. So although there are several layers to this, the respiratory membrane is very, very thin. It's about a one sixteenth of the diameter of a red blood cell. Jesus. And this allows for, I know, so thinny, thin, thin. Um, and this allows for rapid diffusion of gases. Now, let's do a quick um, but important divergent to physics because it's very important to understand the mechanism of gas exchange and this is all to do with laws in physics about how gas behaves. So it's important to remember that in the lungs overall diffusion results in movement from of gases from areas of high concentration to those of low concentration. The rate of diffusion of a gas will get faster with greater concentration gradient and greater surface area for the diffusion. And the rate of diffusion of a gas will get slower if the length of the diffusion pathway is greater because it's a bit of a struggle. Yeah. So two important laws um, that I'm going to be talking about and Chelsea will talk about another important law next yeah. time. And this is the principles of Dalton's law and Henry's law respectively, which explain the behavior of gases. So Dalton's law, this can get quite complicated. So I'm just doing a simplified version for you. Dalton's law states that each specific gas in a mixture of gases, so like atmospheric air, um, exerts a force independently from the other gases in the mixture. And this force is called partial pressure. So if you have a think about our atmospheric air, we've got oxygen, nitrogen, mm -hmm. carbon dioxide, all of that sort of stuff. And individually, those gases exert a force and this is called partial pressure. Henry's law states that the amount of a specific gas that dissolves in a liquid is a function of its partial pressure. The greater the partial pressure of a gas, the more of that gas will dissolve in a liquid as the gas moves towards equilibrium. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, yes. So gas molecules move down a pressure gradient from a region of high pressure to a region of low pressure. Sounds similar, doesn't mm. it? So for efficient gas exchange to occur, the volumes involved in ventilation and perfusion should be compatible. That's key. And ventilation is the movement of air in and out of the lungs, and it's regulated by the diameter of the airways. Um, so of your trachea, your bronchioles, all of that sort of stuff. Perfusion is the flow of blood in the pulmonary capillaries, so in the capillaries surrounding the lungs and it's regulated by the diameter of the blood vessels. So greater partial pressures of carbon dioxide in the alveoli will stimulate sensitive bronchioles to increase in diameter, as will lower levels of oxygen in the blood supply, which allows carbon dioxide to be exhaled at a greater rate. Right. So let's just go through a little example to cement mm. this knowledge and put it into a bit of a clearer image for you. So in an ideal situation with sufficient ventilation, there is a greater partial pressure 
so a greater force of oxygen in the alveoli than in pulmonary veins. And this promotes the diffusion of oxygen from that area of high to low concentration that we're talking mm. about. But if there's inadequate ventilation, so if you're not breathing properly, the partial pressure of oxygen in the alveoli. However, if there's inadequate ventilation, the partial pressure of oxygen in the alveoli would drop, which inhibits the diffusion across the respiratory membrane. But the body has a super clever way of dealing with insufficient ventilation, so don't you worry. Um, when the body detects alveoli getting insufficient ventilation, pulmonary arterioles constrict, which redirect the blood to alveoli that are getting sufficient mm. oxygen. And these arterioles near them, those like sufficiently oxygenated um, alveoli, will vasodilate, which encourages even greater blood flow. And the body also adjusts the blood flow to alveoli due to carbon dioxide mm. and pH levels. So they have multiple different ways that they can adjust to insufficient ventilation. So damn smart. I know, isn't it? Mm. I thought that and I was like, fucking nice job. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just go into a little bit more detail about how the actual process of gas exchange mm. happens. And it happens at two sites in the body. So external respiration is where gases are exchanged from the external environment with in the alveoli of the lungs across the respiratory membrane. Mm. And the second site is internal respiration, which is where gases are exchanged in the internal environment between the tissues. External respiration. So this begins at our lovely heart. So the pulmonary artery, which starts at the right ventricle of the heart, mm. carries deoxygenated blood and it branches and eventually becomes the capillary network that composes the pulmonary capillaries, which create the respiratory membrane with the alveoli. So as the blood is pumped through this capillary network, gas exchange occurs. So a small amount of oxygen is dissolved directly into the plasma from alveoli, but most of it is picked up by erythrocytes, mm. which I think we've spoken about before, and erythrocytes are red blood cells. And this binds to a protein called hemoglobin. This is why blood can be bright red because of the oxygenated hemoglobin, and that's yes. what gives it its colour, which is cool, isn't it? Mm. The oxygenated blood then returns to the heart through the pulmonary veins, and carbon dioxide is released in the opposite direction to this, so to oxygen. So from the blood to the alveoli. So some of the carbon dioxide is returned on hemoglobin, but it can also be dissolved in plasma or it's present in a converted form as well. Mm -hmm. Partial pressure that's of oxygen in the alveoli is about 104 millimetres of mercury. This is the measurement that we give to partial pressures. Whereas it's partial pressure in blood of the capillaries is 40 millimetres of mercury. So you can see the difference. And this shows how the greater difference in partial pressures creates that super strong pressure gradient yeah. that allows oxygen to rapidly cross the respiratory membrane mm. from the alveoli into the blood. Uh, the partial pressure of carbon dioxide in the blood of the capillary is about 45 millimetres of mercury, whereas its partial pressure in the alveoli is 40 millimetres of mercury. So that's quite a big difference. Mm. But 
when we think back to the solubility of gases in liquid form, in both blood and al alveoli fluids, carbon dioxide has a much higher rate of solubility, which is why relatively similar concentrations of these gases diffuse across the respiratory membrane, mm. which is why it sort of equals everything out to a better way. And then to finish, internal respiration is when gas exchange occurs at the level of body tissues. And it occurs just like that as a simple diffusion due to partial pressure gradients. But the partial pressure gradients are opposite than those at the alveoli respiratory membrane. Mm. So the partial pressure of oxygen in tissues is low, about 40 millimetres of mercury because oxygen is continuously used for cellular respiration. And in blood, the partial pressure of oxygen is about 100 millimetres of mercury. And this creates that pressure gradient that causes oxygen to separate from haemoglobin, diffuse out the blood, cross the interstitial space and enter the tissue, which is so cool. Crazy cool. Just me mm. nerding out. So haemoglobin has that has a little oxygen bound to it, loses much of its brightness so that the blood returning to the heart is more of that burgundy colour. And this is why in diagrams, deoxygenated blood is coloured in a blue way to show that difference. Mm. So cellular respiration continuously produces carbon dioxide. So its partial pressure is lower in blood than it is in tissues causing carbon dioxide to diffuse out the tissues, cross the interstitial space, interstitial fluid, and enter the blood. And it's then carried back to the lungs, entering bound to haemoglobin, dissolved in plasma or in a converted form. So by the time that blood returns to the, to the heart, the partial pressure of oxygen has returned to about 40 millimetres of mercury and the partial pressure of carbon dioxide has returned to about 45 millimetres of mercury. Nice. And then the whole process of external respiration starts again, and that is how gas exchange happens. Beautiful. Beautiful. Nice one, B. You're now a genius. Congratulations. <laughs> to the world. <laughs> to the world. <laughs> Amazing. So we hope that you all found this very useful in uh, along with our, the rest of our little A&P minisodes, as it were. <laughs> Next time, we're going to talk to you all about the muscles of respiration. Ugh, I know you yeah. are on the edge of the seat and you cannot wait. <laughs> I can't wait. So we'll see you next time. <laughs> Amazing. Any questions at all, give us a shout. Email ttoospodcast at gmail.com or drop us a message on all the socials at ttoospodcast. Amazing. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Breathing, cause we like breathing. Breathing is fun. Breathing is good. And if not, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>